0: Hi friends, welcome to the FBC Tuttle podcast. Thanks for joining us this week. We are so glad you're here. Each week on our podcast, you'll hear messages from our pastor, Brother Marty Williams. If you'd like to join us for worship, we meet every Sunday at 1045 a.m. Central in Tuttle, Oklahoma and online at fbctuttle.net. Now let's get started. Join with me as we pray. Lord, we, uh, what do we do? We want to turn our face to you turn our eyes upon You. And Lord, it is my prayer this morning that Lord, that when we turn our eyes upon You, that indeed, all of the things of the world would grow strangely dim. Lord, we thank You for Your presence in this place. We thank You for Your Word. Lord, I pray that you would give us ears to hear, and it's in Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. Well, last week I uh, told you that we were going to begin looking at, you know, what is called the Great Commission, and uh, it's in um, Matthew uh, chapter 28, Jesus' words to his followers as to what we are to be about until he comes. And uh, I'm not going to preach on that necessarily again, but I do want to remind us of what it says. Matthew chapter 28 and verses 16 through 20. And by the way, my text for this morning is going to end up coming out of Isaiah. Okay? So uh, just to kind of give you a heads up. But in Matthew chapter 28, it says, Then the eleven disciples went away to Galilee, to the mountain which Jesus had appointed for them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted. But we talked about our God-given mandate to, to make disciples as we go along in this life. We talked about the importance of baptism and that making disciples involved not only sharing the good news of the gospel of Jesus, right? That He was the perfect, sinless sacrifice to God for us. The Bible says that He paid the price of our sin. The Bible says that God took our sin and laid upon Him. And He took His righteousness, the righteousness of Jesus, and He laid it on us. Oh, what a glorious truth that is. And we're to share that truth with all the world. That simple gospel truth we're to share with all the world. But we also uh, have been commanded to teach. Teach those disciples, teach those disciples to observe all that I have commanded you. So we, you know, going to start talking a little more about, you know, those things that that Jesus commanded. Uh, Last week, we kind of just touched briefly, and I continued at Sunday night, if you were here Sunday night, on on Jesus' first kind of message, and it was this, it was, repent and follow me change your way of thinking, change your mind from, from where it is to, to being about me and follow me, walk with me, do things my way, depend on me, rely on me. And uh, we're going to kind of continue in that, uh, in that same vein uh, this morning. I don't know if you guys saw it or not, but on Wednesday, <clears throat> on Wednesday there was uh, a special announcement that was made. And uh, it was made by a guy named Elon Musk. Most of you probably, most of you probably are familiar with Elon Musk, right? I mean, right now he is touted as the wealthiest man in the world, and uh, he's the CEO of Tesla Automotive Group, and he's the CEO of Twitter, and and uh, he's the CEO of a space exploration company that launches satellites and rockets into the air called SpaceX. Well, he he made another announcement Wednesday. And it was the formation of a new entity called X.AI. How many of you saw it? A few. I'm, I'm surprised there wasn't more. I don't know how I learned about it. I don't really do Twitter or any of that kind of stuff. But somehow, Wednesday, I got this feed that came across an email or something and, uh, and, and that's all it said. It said here's, you know, that he, he launched this new company, XAI, and it listed the website, X.AI. You can type into your browser on your computer or on your tablet or on your phone, X.AI, and it's going to bring up a website. Don't do it now, but it's going to bring up a website. And the website just, the website just says this, right? It says uh, July 12th. 2023, today we announce the formation of X.AI. And then it says this, The goal of X.AI is to understand the true nature of the universe. The goal of this new entity, by the way, that's got like 12 employees, I guess they're employees, you know, they had a little profile, you know, and the thing that you on the website that you could click on, and it would tell you about what each one of these people had done. And can I just honestly tell you, I couldn't even understand anything that was on any of their profiles. They created this thing and that thing, and, you know, they were involved in this formation and that formation, and it's, you know, way above my ability to understand. Some of you guys might know, but not me. But uh, that's all it said. That's all the website said. To understand the true nature of the universe. Now, I don't know what... And by the way, just for kicks, right? AI stands for what? Artificial intelligence. If you were going to understand the true nature of the universe, I would assume you would not want something artificial. Right? Anyway... But, but, I, but I can't even tell you all of the things that that conjured up in my head. That the goal of these people was to understand the true nature of the universe. I can tell you the true nature of the universe. It's found in Colossians chapter 1. Verses 15 through 18. And it says this He is the image of the invisible God, firstborn over all creation. For by Him, Jesus, all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible. Whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things consist. He is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have preeminence. For it pleased the Father, that in him, in Jesus All the fullness should dwell. And by him to reconcile all things to himself. By him, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of his cross. I know that it is simplistic. And I'm sure every, probably every employee of XAI would say naive. But I can tell you, that's the true nature of the universe. <laughs> that, that Jesus spoke it into existence, holds it into existence, controls every molecule, and in Him, everything is. All things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible. Thrones, dominions, principalities, or power, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and all in him all things consist. It's so simple. God's made it simple. He's made it simple for people to understand. Jesus himself said in Matthew chapter 7, right? Jesus in praying said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and prudent and you have revealed them to babes. Even so, Father, for it seemed good in your sight. All things have been delivered to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, nor does anyone know the Father except the Son, and the one to whom the Son reve- wills to reveal him. And then he said this, Come to me, all you who labor and earn heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light." And in that that passage, where Jesus says that the things of God have been given to the simple, right, then his command is, come to me. Come to me. And while I'm not preaching on this passage, I'm going to go to the book of Isaiah, but but that is the the commandment. That is the, I was talking about this with my wife this week, and I said, I'm, I'm going to preach on, come to me. You know, the commandment of Jesus, come to me. And she said, I don't think that's a commandment. It's an invitation. And you know what? That's right. That's right. It is an invitation. And it is an invitation that if we want to experience real life, then we will simply come to Jesus. I know that sounds simple. Let's begin, uh, let's begin to talk about this by looking in the book of Isaiah. Isaiah uh, chapter 1, uh, the first couple of verses. Verse, verse 2, you know that the Isaiah is, is prophesying to a nation that God is going to judge. And, uh, and in Isaiah chapter 1 verse 2, he says, Hear, O heavens, and give ear, O earth, for the Lord has spoken. I have nourished and brought up children. And they have rebelled against me. In verse 5, he goes on to say that they have forsaken the Lord. And then an interesting, verse 3, says this. It says, the ox knows its owner, and the donkey its master's crib. But Israel does not know. My people do not understand. Now, I don't really mean to be crude, but do you hear what the Lord says? The Lord says, rebelling against me, forsaking me, is stupid. Even the ox knows its owner. And even the ass, to quote the King James Version, even the donkey knows where his stall is, where his home is. But you've forsaken me. And in your forsaken me, you've forgotten all that is right and true and good. And you know, that's pretty much the state of our world right now. It's the state of people right now. We have forsaken God. We have forgotten about God. And and it's just trash. We're stupid. We think that we're going to uncover The mysteries of the universe discover the true nature of the universe through something artificial. It's not going to happen. Unless God allows it to happen. However, you might do that. I don't know. But Isaiah goes on in chapter 45, verse 22 with this. says, turn to me. Turn to me and be saved all the ends of the earth, for I am God, and there is no other. There is no other answer. There is no discovery. There is no technology. There is is nothing that is going to save us except God. Turn to God. And then we come to the passage that I want to speak about just for a few minutes this morning. It's in Isaiah chapter 55, verses 1 through 3. And it says this, come, come, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And he who has no money, come, buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread and your labor for that which does not satisfy? Listen, listen diligently to me. And eat what is good and delight yourself in rich food incline your ear and come to me here that your soul may live you know lest we think for a minute that that uh, that the Lord was speaking only to Israel or only to the lord uh, the the folks in the Old Testament that that this, this command or this invitation of Jesus to, to come to me was used often by Jesus. It was used often by Jesus. You know, in John chapter 7, verse 30, excuse me, yeah, John 7, verse 37, it says, On the last day, and, and I'm not going not, not to preach on this necessarily, but on the last day, that great feast, Jesus stood. I mean, just get the the picture of this. Jesus stood and cried out. If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. I want to talk just a little bit about this passage in Isaiah that has a connection point to Jesus, has a connection point to our lives in this invitation or this command of Jesus to to come to him. Who is to come? Who is to come? Look at look at it says come to me everyone. Everyone who thirsts, come to me, everyone who thirsts. What does it what does it mean to to thirst certainly it's not just talking about you know being thirsty for a drink of water you know I've got a row full of grandkids over here. we had a great time playing together yesterday they could they just wear me out They can play and play playing is the goal of their life, right but every once in a while mama says, Go get you a drink sometimes they get thirsty enough to do it themselves but They got to be reminded, a lot of times they got to be reminded to go drink, even though they're thirsty. So they go in and they get a drink of water. Mama knows best. She says, Drink. Refresh yourself. It's what you need. Jesus says, If you thirst, everyone who thirsts, come to me. We use that word thirst, though, for a much deeper and significant meaning, don't we? You know, it's a it's a metaphor for you know. I, I kind of thought about what 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 all is drinking a metaphor for, and uh, you know, it's in these uh, days of artificial intelligence, right? You can just ask a computer about anything, and it'll come up with some answer. Now, it's up to you whether you believe it or not, right? But 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 it, it's. One of the things that I said that, that described it to me, and this is kind of what I was after, but it says it's, it's a metaphor for a deep yearning or a deep longing. Even a sense of desperation to thirst. And, and, and we, we see it. Don't we even see it in, like that, in that goal of XI, XAI? Right? The goal of XAI is to understand the true nature of the universe. That's a desperation, a longing to figure out what is at the base, what is at the core, what is life about, what is. It's, it's a thirst. It's used often in Scripture. Right? Jesus in the Beatitudes in Matthew chapter 6 says what? He says, blessed, blessed are the, those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. Well, He's not he talking about food and about water. He's talking about the deepest longings of our heart. Remember, he was dealing with the woman at the well, the woman of Samaria right at the well, and, and she was there to draw water, and Jesus said to her, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again, But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. And that water will spring up to eternal life. And the woman said to him, give me this water that I may not thirst. Nor come here to draw. She didn't get it. She didn't understand. Jesus on another occasion in John chapter 6 said, I am the bread of life. And he who comes to me shall never hunger. And he who believes in me shall never thirst. To thirst. Come, everyone who thirsts. Come to the waters. And he who has no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread and your label for, which, for that which does not satisfy? People thirst. This passage tells us people thirst for that which satisfies. For that which satisfies. They yearn, they long for, they search for that which satisfies. The passage says, why do you spend your money? Why do you work for that which does not satisfy? You know and I, and I just began to th- <clears throat> thinking about you know if we were here on a Sunday night I'd be out there brainstorming with you right what all what all is it that people search for and spend their money on dedicate their lives to labor for that does not satisfy and it's a long list isn't it you know I, I, as I was thinking about that I thought some will think that they will experience satisfaction right through uh, just the right relationship Right? Through just the right relationship, whether that's looking for a spouse, looking for a different spouse, looking for a girlfriend, looking I mean my boyfriend, some kind of relationship, a lot of folks think will satisfy. And they're right, but it's only with Jesus. Now think about some people think that material possessions will satisfy right houses cars uh clothes toys of all kinds the latest gadget technology helps us with that some some think that that they will experience satisfaction through through their kids or through that prestigious job that they have or retiring from that job that they have i mean see it's i mean we're we're one we're at one extreme or the other about the things that we, that we think will satisfy. Some think that satisfaction will come when I earn this much money. Others think satisfaction will come when I save this much money. Some think if, if, I, can, if I can just go on a vacation to this place, or if I can just move to this place, then location will be that which satisfies or if I can just lose weight, or if I can just build muscle, or if I can just get healthy, or if I can find the answer to this health issue, then, then I will have satisfaction. Did I hit on anything that, that you search for? Anything that you spend your money on or your labor on. The Lord says, why do you do that? Why do you do that? Now none of that stuff is bad. None of, none of that stuff is bad. I don't, I, don't want to, I don't want to pretend and tell you that I think any of that stuff is bad. None of that stuff is bad. Right? But but we have to understand that those things will not satisfy. There's always another place to go. There's always another toy to buy. There's always, you know, a difficulty in a relationship that makes us think that it could be better. There's always those things. So if those are the things that we're spending our life on, we will never be satisfied. Besides that, God... You know this. God delights to give good things to His children. God delights to give us lives that are full of joy and right relationships. But it doesn't come from what we spend our money on or what we work on, they never satisfy. Isaiah says, hear what the Lord says. Listen diligently to me. Eat what is good and delight yourself in rich food. Incline your ear and come to me. Hear that your soul may live. Hear me. Listen diligently. Pay attention. Quit working and laboring for that which does not satisfy. Satisfaction is free. Come to me. God says. Jesus says, come to me. What I offer truly satisfies. There's no returning emptiness in what Jesus says. There's no longing for something more. What Jesus gives is full and abundant and overflowing. So, so how, how do we come? So how, how do we do that? How do we, how do we come? In John chapter 7... In that passage that I read, where Jesus says, On the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the Scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. So I want to just tell you some things that I get from just that simple phrase, that simple verse. And the first thing is this. Recognize our thirst. Recognize our thirst. Are, are the things that we're spending our money on, are the, the things that we're spending our time on, our energy on, our life on, are the, is the way that we are spending the resources and, and stuff that God gives us? If we look at that, are, are we... Are we on a quest to find satisfaction, uh, yeah, it's a it's a hard it's a hard question. It's a hard thing to examine, to look at, and and try to think about our motives for for how we live our life, what we're living our lives for. To say, am I, is that is that is that because I'm living my life for the glory of God, or am I doing all of this stuff? To seek satisfaction in something. Because I think, I think a lot of times, I, mean, I was talking with somebody about this, I think this morning, but I think a lot of times we, just, we get busy in life and we pursue all of this stuff without it ever really occurring to us. You know what? I'm, I'm leaving God out of this. This is all for me. Recognize, recognize correctly our thirst. Don't be on a life, on a quest that is just to satisfy. God says it won't work. Why do you do that? Why do you spend your money? Why do you spend your resources on stuff that does not satisfy? Second thing, recognize the solution. <laughs> recognize the solution. Come to me. Come to Jesus. Come trusting Jesus, believing Jesus. He is the source. We've we've talked about it. We've read about it. Every scripture I've known, I've I've said today, says it. The songs we sung say it. He, He is the source of life and satisfaction and contentment and enjoyment. Find in Him all you need. Recognize that He is the solution. Remember, he said, I am am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. Recognize Jesus as a solution. So he says, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me. And then he says, and drink. And drink. And can I tell you, drinking is almost always when we're coming to Jesus and drinking, drinking is almost always going to involve repentance. It's going to come from that that recognition that, that what we have been living our lives for is not that which satisfies and that we need to turn and go a different way. We need to change our mind about what is important, about what brings contentment, about what brings real life. It's always going to... Bring repentance. Drink. Change of thinking, a change of acting. It's asking God to forgive us, right? Forgive us for seeking those things that don't really satisfy because he's told us they're not going to satisfy. And we know by example they don't satisfy. Turn away from those things. He is the answer to everything. See, and it's not just enough to recognize your thirst and to recognize him as a solution if you don't drink. Because you see, it is possible to do that. Remember the story of the rich young ruler? It's found in uh, where? Matthew chapter 19. Where a rich young ruler comes to Jesus and he says, Good teacher, what, what must I do that I may have eternal life? What is, what is that? That's recognizing completely your thirst. He recognized that what he was doing wasn't it. What he had had experienced was not it. So he comes to Jesus saying, what must I do? What else is there? And he knew where to come. He knew the source, right? He recognized the solution in coming to Jesus. He didn't go to any place else. He didn't go to the Pharisees. He didn't go to... The religious, he came to Jesus. He recognized that Jesus had the solution. So he came to Jesus. You remember, he came to Jesus and he asked him, what must I do to be saved? And Jesus, you know, ultimately ended up telling him, here's what you need to do. Sell everything that you've got. Give it to the poor. Come follow me. And the next verse says this. And he went away sorrowful because he had much wealth. So you see, he, he recognized his thirst. He recognized Jesus as the solution, but he was unwilling to obey what Jesus said. He didn't drink. He didn't drink. So therefore, he didn't experience life. He didn't... Ex- he didn't experience satisfaction. He went away sorrowful. Jesus is the answer. He pleads with us to come to Him. Another, another word about how we come. I'm about done, actually. Another word about how we come. You know, as I'm studying and looking at these passages, they come to me, and my goodness, there's a lot of them. One of them that's in the Gospels three or four times is about a story of little children that they were bringing to Jesus. You remember that? Mark 10 records it. He says, Then they brought little children to him. Parents brought little children to him. Can I just say that good for parents that bring their children to Jesus Good for parents that recognize that Jesus is the one that brings blessing. Jesus is the one that brings life. Parents knew it. Disciples didn't. It says, they brought the little children to him that he might touch them. But the disciples rebuked those who brought them. And when Jesus saw it, he was greatly displeased. That is the one passage of Scripture That we see Jesus mad. He was greatly displeased and he said to them, Let the little children come to me. And do not forbid them. For of such is the kingdom of God. Assuredly, I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will by no means enter it. If we are going to come to Jesus, we we must come unlike the rich young ruler. We must come to Jesus in repentance. We must come in humility. We must come in believing and trusting that Jesus is the answer. That He is life. That he is everything. I love the songs that we're singing. You know, come to me. Jesus is everything. You know, this morning I have a uh, son and a daughter-in-law, Timmy and Emmy. Most of you guys probably know them, but Emmy's pregnant. They're due, you know, with my 12th grandchild here in, what, three weeks, something like that. And this last week, uh, Emmy said, there's, there's something wrong. She said, the baby just doesn't feel right. She had a doctor's appointment. Of course, you know, like they do when they come down to the wire like this. And sure enough, the baby was breech. And uh, so the doctor said, you know, we're going to do this. I, I I don't know. this. Manip- I, forgive me, Timmy and Emmy, for doing this. But we're, we're going to manipulate... This baby, I don't, I don't have any idea how it works, but two doctors, and we're going to try to turn that baby into the right position, right? So they said, you know, we'll schedule a time. Well, they told us yesterday the time is at 7 a.m. this morning. This morning at 7 a.m. they were to be at the hospital for them to attempt this manipulation. And they told them, sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. About a 60% chance. Well, that's not very good. Right? 60%. We believe in prayer. Right? We trust God. This morning I'm up and I'm reading and studying and praying about this message and 7 o'clock comes and And I remember that Timmy and Emmy are going to the doctor. So I sent them a text. Just said, hey, praying for you guys and Elliot. Baby's a little girl. They're going to name Elliot. Praying for you guys and Elliot this morning. And uh, I got a text back about 8 o'clock in the morning from Timmy. They said the almighty hand of God was upon her. She flipped. Now... Can I just tell you we trust God. I know that doctors I mean that that God uses all kinds of means. He uses doctors and nurses and medicine and technology and and all and 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 houses and Cars and jobs and money, and I mean, all of these things that I've just t- been telling you don't trust in them, trust in God. God uses all of that stuff. But at the end of the day, this preacher knows that that baby flipped because God did that. Now, he gifted physicians. I don't want to take anything away from anybody. Right? But it's recognizing God's hand in absolutely everything. Can I tell you, church, that's how we're to live. We're to live with that kind of faith, just like, just like those little kids that were coming to, to Jesus. And by the way, in that story, the little kids were probably like no bigger than toddlers, right? Well, you guys know a toddler, they'll do anything you say. They trust anybody. Right? Jesus said, that's the way you come into the kingdom of God. You just trust me. And you don't seek after all this other stuff. And you don't rely on all this other stuff. You don't, it's not how you spend your money, it's not how you spend your time. He says, Come to me. Isn't that simple? Come to Jesus. Think about your life. Think about the kind of things that you're trusting in. Think of the kind of things that you're spending your resources on. Are they indicative that you trust God, you trust Jesus? Jesus says, come to me. Wayne's going to come and lead us in a hymn of invitation. And, I, you know, I don't know what the, what the invitation may be. Maybe you need to come to Jesus for the first time. Maybe you recognize that all of the stuff that you've been looking to for satisfaction didn't satisfy. You repent this morning and come to Jesus. Maybe you'd say, yeah, I used to know that, but my life doesn't really look like that much anymore. Well, you know what? Repent come to Jesus. Maybe you just praise God. who Jesus is and what He does the power that He manifests in our lives Amen You guys stand Wayne lead us brother Hey friends, before you go, if you have a prayer request, we invite you to send us an email at pray at att.net. That's P-R-A-Y, the number four, Y-O-U at att.net. Or call the church office at 405-381-2492. If you'd like to learn more about our children's, youth, men's, women's, or senior adult ministries, visit our website at fbctettle.net. Thanks again for joining us today. We love you and we hope you have a blessed week.